1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. It is in fact Brandy England today. I know Rebecca has been on for the last little while because I've been super hustling at work. So i uh, given her a day off today and I'm really excited because our guest today is very similar to me in terms of loves to travel the world, loves to learn new things every single day and has accomplished some really cool things in life. So I'd like to introduce you to Quinton Carlin. Quinton, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Brandy. A pleasure to be here. It's an honor.
1: I, I mean, I I think we've both watched each other's careers go in very different directions and come back to similar directions and go back. You know, we both like to do a lot of things. Can you just tell everyone a little bit about like what you're passionate about in this life?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you, I've worn many hats in the, the past and just always trying to level up in every position or opportunity that I'm in um, all about personal development, professional development, um, financial education and things like that. So I'm just trying to, there's a Japanese saying, I lived in Asia for about 10 years, um, living in Vancouver now, I just moved back, but there's a saying called the, um, the spirit of Kaizen, and it means constant growth and development throughout life. And that's kind of what I strive to be. And it probably comes back from my athletic background, playing basketball in uh, high school and university as well. So just always trying to level up in whatever area I can.
1: That's awesome. And I love that term level up too. I always, I always say that in my own personal life. I'm like, how can I take where I'm at now and level up and level up and level yeah. up through education and meeting cool people like you and just learning by chatting with people who are also you know, passionate and driven individuals.
2: I think it's a blessing and a curse because I don't know about you, but do you ever feel satisfied? Because that's the one thing that's kind of lacking in my life. Like I'm always mm-hmm. kind of like, what's next? What can I do now? Like you hit a goal and you're like, okay, what's next? I'm trying to work on being a little bit more... Uh, grounded in taking a step back sometimes but a type personalities that are kind of producers and so on um sometimes have challenges with that i was actually talking with um some of our our our, uh corporate staff here today and the the one guy he was in cancun mexico uh for the last week and he's like hard to just kind of turn it off when you're used to kind of going and doing so much all the time it's kind of hard to kind of uh step back and smell the roses but now's the time to do it with this beautiful weather
1: Totally. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. There's nights when I can't sleep because I'm so excited and my brain keeps worrying. And I'm just like, I don't know, I find gratitude exercises. Like every morning, I have this one that I've done every single day. And it's just a very personal one to me. And it's just that kind of grounds me. Plus, I'm also a hippie at heart. So Mm. like barefoot all the time breathing in the air as it blows by. (laughs) So I find those things help balance me a little bit for sure. But I, I completely understand. It's like okay, I'm on vacation. Let, let me keep working because I love what I do. And I think that's a great quality. You you must love what you do, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've done a lot of things that I've loved. Like one thing you talked about the the hippie life, I lived in Tofino for a while running a surf camp out there. So like, that's like, the ultimate nature slash, I guess, organic lifestyle of health and wellness on the west coast of Vancouver Island, a place called Tofino, it's the only place you can really surf in Canada. And uh, back in 2006 and 7 I believe I was out there running a surf camp with a friend that owned a surf shop and I was I, there's a time where I, I don't even think I wore I owned a pair of shoes cuz I had my my sandals just lost on the beach and I think it took me like a few weeks to even get a pair of new ones so that was a that was cool and I remember another time when I was in Thailand I actually lost my shoes somehow and I was on an island and the whole time I was on that island for the whole month, I didn't even get a new pair of shoes. I was like, didn't own shoes for a month. So that was, that was pretty cool too. So.
1: That's um, hashtag life goal for me. I'm telling you, just to never have to wear shoes again. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well now with the pandemic, everyone's zooming in with like, I mean, I'm on zoom now to be totally honest with you with like a dress shirt. So I thought we were going to be doing this in a, uh, on zoom video with video. like, with like, ba- like Michael Jordan, air Jordan basketball shorts on below. So, <laughs> I, uh, I got that zoom attire down, uh, dialed in. So.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I love yeah. that. We should change it to the pajama radio show or something like that. Cause we can always do it in our pajamas. I know a lot of, a lot of people come and they're like, I'm full makeup. I got my hair done. And I'm like, Oh, just a radio show. You're good. <laughs> That's yeah.
3: Funny.
2: Yeah. Takes the pressure I'm- off.
1: So I mean, you're you're into so many things, and I really want to get through all the unique, uh, you know, pots that you have your hands in right now. But I I would just love to know because our viewers are, you know, generally youth and sometimes parents and teachers and things like that. Are Mm -hmm. what were you like as a kid? What were you like? Did you grow up in Canada in Vancouver? What what kind of goals did you have as a kid? Like, did you want to be a firefighter? Did you want to be a crypto trader? Like, what were your thoughts back then?
2: Yeah, well, when I was a kid, crypto wasn't even around, so that was kind of before (laughs) then. But I'm I'm kind of an old guy, but uh. I grew up in Alberta. First of all, my parents were amazing. Um, My mom was a nurse. My dad worked for the city of Edmonton. And uh, I just didn't really fit in. It's interesting that this show is about money and finances because all my friends that I grew up around were kind of from like the wealthy upper class. Um, And and I was kind of like, not on the other side of the train tracks or anything like that, but just more blue collar, you know, like nothing flashy or extravagant. And I was never into any of that stuff. Like I was a guy that would go out with like mixed match shorts or socks and, you know, shirt not tucked in. And my buddies would be driving and picking me up in like a BMW convertible wearing silk shirts when they're like 16 years old getting a driver's license. Right. So like my whole concept of money was like, I mean, I always felt that everyone else had it except for me. And it kind of had this um, goal that I was like, okay, well, one day I want to figure this out. And I think that's what kind of motivated me to kind of learn all these different things to figure it out. Um, so growing up, played a lot of sports, basketball. I'm six foot seven. So my goal all through high school is to get a scholarship to play basketball, which I did in university. So I did that. I majored in conflict resolution and counseling because I, I was thinking about being, being like a high school guidance counselor and a, and a phys ed gym teacher was kind of what I was thinking about doing. And then um, things changed uh, when I was around 22. Um uh and, and then i kind of went a different direction but yeah like my 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 childhood is all just about kind of like I, I actually made a post about this on my instagram a while back because this past christmas i had this goal to like kind of pay my parents back and i gave my parents ten thousand dollars cash for christmas and it was like the biggest bucket list experience that i've ever had um and i kind of joke with my parents i put this on my youtube channel on my podcast I said, remember when you used to give me an allowance? So all you kids out there listening, I used to get an allowance of only $15 a week. So I would make $15 a week well, given to me from my parents. So I knew every place to go and get like the meal deal, you know, like on Tuesday, it was like the Chinese items. On Wednesday, it was like the don't air special. On Thursday, it was like McDonald's, like Happy Meal or something. So I knew how to budget and how to like stretch out income. And that was actually a blessing, even though I hated it back at the time. So my, my other friends had like unlimited resources, like their parents just kept on giving them cash, but I had to like stretch out this $15 to like last me to feed me throughout the week. Um, so, so that's kind of my, my snapshot of my, my childhood.
1: Nice. And were your parents heavily involved in teaching you about finances? Like, did they talk to you about budgeting and credit and things like that?
2: Never, nothing, nothing. So this was all just like self-taught. Like I kind of tell people I've invested more in my own education
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: post-university than probably what my whole university costs. You know, like I'm just big into going to conferences and joining mastermind groups and just getting coaching from people and going to events Um, because I feel like I've learned more out of school than I ever learned actually in school about life and success and kind of how to manage um, finances and so on. They don't teach that in high school.
1: Totally. And when you were graduating high school, what what did you have immediate plans? You're like, I'm going straight to college. Did you say I'm going traveling? Like, what was your next step after high school?
2: After high school was uh, well, interesting story. I almost lost my basketball scholarship because I was so bad at math. I failed math, grade twelve math, like two times, maybe two or three times. And I almost lost my basketball scholarship because I couldn't pass this damn math class. And I was like, I just hated it. like trigonometry and calculus. I'm like, I'm never going to use this stuff. Um, but long story short, I finally passed it. I went out to, from Edmonton, I moved to, to Winnipeg, where I played at University of Winnipeg. I moved there when I was still 17 years old. And I had my own apartment, downtown, playing, you know, basketball. And I kind of got into just kind of like partying and stuff. And I didn't really take my schooling and stuff that seriously, because you put a 17, 18 year old in a new city alone playing basketball. Uh, You know, it's not really a recipe for success. Um, But but I turned that around pretty quick and, um, you know, graduated with my degree and uh, kind of went from there.
1: I love that. I love that you. it was like all is not lost that you failed math a few times because there's so many people that think, oh, if I don't make it in high school or if I'm not good enough here, how am I going to make it anywhere else? And I love people like you and, my, and myself included. I I barely squeezed by and I think it's because I volunteered for so many extracurriculars to help out you know the the pro team and all that kind of stuff that the teachers were like you know she's a good kid she's just not very bright so we're gonna push her through and I I had kind of struggles with the self-worth on that because I all my friends were getting B's and A's and 11 12 math and I was like what's two plus seven like I just I never had uh, the head for numbers so I love that you've a very successful human being who's been able to achieve a lot. But, you know, those were some of your struggles, because I think people, you know, sometimes base their self-worth on how well they do in in high school. And that's, well, you know, not always correct.
2: (laughs) I, I agree. And I'll tell you this, the most, for the majority, like the company that I currently work with, the guy is a rock star. He did not graduate high school. He dropped out in grade nine, was a drug addict. He was on the streets, addicted to heroin for years. Turned himself around now. His company's doing over a million dollars a month in sales. Wow, was that? that's incredible! Yeah, and you know, he's like a 36 year old guy, yeah. so don't feel that you need to be book smart to be um successful in, in life or business. And I mean, I mean, that goes so many times. I've met people that have done really really well for themselves because school <laughs> teach you how to be an employee, they teach you how to like follow rules. Get a schedule, not really think for yourself or be creative or innovative, but just kind of follow a blueprint and kind of settle for a a regular um, lifestyle, which there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But people that are more innovative and visionaries and um, want to create and creative types, they don't really fit in the school mode. Mm. So that's why I think that it's great that there's these new kind of schools like Montessori schools and things like that. They kind of focus on different skills um, and stuff. And actually... I, I never really shared this much before, but when I was graduating, or maybe after I graduated university, uh, I actually went back and started meeting with the public school boards, um, both in Manitoba and in Alberta. And I had meetings with their directors and I said, look, what's going on with this, this curriculum, because mm-hmm. after going through it, I'm never going to use any of this again, but what you should be teaching are things like conflict resolution, um, investing, financial education, um, how to just basically do normal life stuff that there's no mention of in high school. It's all about like biology and things like that, I, I understand, but they should also have something called like life lessons, is what I mm-hmm. wanted to create a curriculum around. And all the administrators agreed with me. They said, You're absolutely right. There should be more. Emphasis on a curriculum that is more updated and and useful. And I said, well, why? And then I said, well, why isn't there? And I said, there's just too much red tape in the system.
1: It's totally true. Well, that's why Teen Wealth was created. Our goal is to create, like, and literally an online education and to open community centers one day that are all focusing on these things that you just mentioned. Uh, I remember we had a life skills class back in high school, and they were teaching things like credit and budget and mortgages basics and all that, but it was so boring. It was literally a one-pager of do your research, write a budget, and it had nothing that excited a 16-year-old mind. So was very very frustrating. so that's kind of our, our major goal with with Team Wealth is basically to be that education of things that we require to be successful human beings and to have that self-worth to go out there and create our own and, and like you said to, to not become just an employee but to create whatever right. you want right yeah. Well,
2: there's a massive need for it because I see it every day. So what I do now, I'm, I'm a consultant for a, a digital advertising company that's based out of the states we have international clients and people find our ads online and stuff like that. And, and I can't tell you how many intake calls I have with new members that are literally I've had as young as 12 and I've had a ton of like 16, 17 year olds Mm -hmm. that are coming online to learn how to have their own kind of like online business or learn skill sets like Facebook ads and digital advertising and things like that. Because they see that that's not only the future, but the now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they don't really want to follow the same path that their parents perhaps did with like, get a one job. <laughs> because right now in COVID, they're seeing that that's not very stable anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think that what you're doing here is feeling a massive need. And I mean, I'm just surprised because I remember when I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, I definitely wasn't thinking about money and finances and business. I was out playing basketball and riding my bike. But I think now with technology, the access to information is just on a whole nother level that these young folks are catching on quite young. And it's going to be interesting to see what the future of business looks like when they are, um, you know, uh, five, 10 years down the line.
1: Totally. Do you have a, a grand vision for your life? Do you have one like major vision or are you just kind of taking it as it goes and just creating everything you possibly can that you enjoy to do?
2: There's a saying that says, um, "Do you know how to make God laugh?"
3: No, I haven't heard this one.
2: <laughs> make make your own plans.
3: Mm. <laughs> I like that. <laughs>
2: so I was I was in Asia uh, living there for basically ten years, and I had no no real plans to kind of move back to Canada in the in the near future, and then COVID hit. And after 10 mm-hmm. years abroad in a very good situation over there, I packed up my whole life in four days mm-hmm. and I had to come back to Canada and restart my life. And I mean, that wasn't part of my plan, but I think that's a big thing about life is that you have to be like a chameleon and adapt and change when markets shift and change and, uh, opportunities come and go. So, uh, ideally, ideally I think that I just want to, um, I mean, This year has been a big learning uh, experience for everyone, I think. And I mean, it's just opened up a lot of, I think, uh, realizations for people that they need to have a plan B uh, because there's nothing that's very secure. Um, Even if you have a successful business, it can be shut down just like that because of new regulations or what we see here with all the lockdowns and everything. So Mm -hmm. I think that nowadays, more than ever, people should be... um, flexible and and learn to adapt when things change because things are changing really fast with technology. So I think that the main thing I'm wanting to try and keep with my life is just the ability to, um, I love surfing. So I'll make the analogy to ride the waves as they come in. So I'll just keep keep on going with the flow until I need to uh, change course.
1: I love that. And you, so you've spent a lot of time traveling the world. You've been to something like 30 plus countries. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere between 30 and 35, I think. Yeah.
1: Do you have any of the greatest lessons that you learned from traveling around the world? Can you tell us some of the places you went and what you experienced there and how that changed you as a person in terms of like, just your, not just your soul, but like your, your knowledge about the world and business and things like that too?
2: Well, just to kind of give a, a glimpse of what could be a very long book that I want to write one day um, is just to kind of show you the. I mean, people think that traveling is just all like, you know, roses and, and smooth sailings. But I was uh, robbed and jailed in Morocco. I had my passport stolen. I was literally homeless with no money in, in Thailand because I had everything stolen for me, from me. Um, uh, what else? I was locked in the base, uh, basement bar in Shanghai and like basically like sh- extorted for all the money that I had. Uh, yeah, crazy stuff happens when you know I was surfing in Australia. I almost drowned because my board broke. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like there, there's been a lot of life lessons of just kind of keeping, uh, staying alive, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like like just 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 you know, learning how to read people. I think is really important because when you are a foreigner in a foreign land, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people want to take advantage of that. Just like in business, right? It's, yeah. it's important to start to read people and see what's legit and what's not, and and who's just out to try and you know just advantage of situations to better themselves so i think that that was one thing i learned a lot just how to read people and scenarios and just be careful um after after not (laughs) and being in some bad situations Um, but yeah i think that it also gives like i did a tedx talk about you know just just what i learned from traveling to all these countries and stuff and it was more talking about how i mean it doesn't matter if you're from if you're from uh bali indonesia or you're from new york manhattan Everyone wants the same, right? They want, they want a good lifestyle. They want to provide for their family. And knowing that, it just shows that everyone is, we're just all brothers and sisters of the human race, not looking at passports or skin color, or religion, or things like that. Uh, that we're all basically out just trying to do the best that we can. And, um, and that, that's kind of what I realized. It doesn't matter what country you go to, the human, the human condition is pretty much uh, similar across the world.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I have very similar sentiments from my travels like when I was in the Amazon I was living in with the tribe of 300 and that was like that was it they spoke their language they had their customs they had their cultures they had you know no no tv no radio no nothing it was two days by canoe to the nearest like store um if, if you wanted to go there unless you hunted your own food and and everyone was the exact, like the exact same, like all the problems that we have on our scale, they had on their scale. And then a year, right after that, I went directly to China and lived in a uh, city Harbin, a uh, Northern China of 9 million people. And it was the exact same. And that was, I was only 18 and 19 when those two things happened. And one year in each of those places and I just, it was like my heart opened up to just everything and all the possibilities. And and I was just amazed and realized that every single person is the exact same as everybody else. We're all having the same struggles. We're all caring for the same things. And you know, it's so crazy. I think they, if we got rid of grade 12 and made every youth go to a country where they didn't speak the language or the culture was completely different and do grade 12 there, we'd all come back more empathetic, more caring, more excited and passionate about life, you know, and, and just understanding of the human condition.
2: Well, a couple of my biggest, uh, mentors and and close dear friends of mine, uh, they, they, their brand, their personal brand is, is just, um, Swan lifestyle, the unstoppable family. So if you just Google the unstoppable family, uh, they had a daughter Well, they have a daughter, uh, but they had, they had her when it was in the middle of like that financial mess in 2008 they lost everything. They were really big into real estate and stuff and their whole life went down. They said, you know what? We're going to just liquidate everything, press the reset button and go travel the world and live in these cheap countries. Because like, I think truth be told, they couldn't afford to live in San Diego where they were living before.
3: Mm-hmm. So they've been,
2: they've been raising their daughter in literally like, I don't even know how many countries it is now, but they've been based in Bali for like the last number of years. And their daughter now runs like a six figure business where she designs clothing and, uh, and she's got books and stuff. And she's, she's learned about life on the road. She's never been to a regular school or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, should, she would actually be a great guest for you, for your show here, actually, now that, now that I think of it. Cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just amazing how when you put young, young kids in these elements, they thrive a lot of the time because they are so adaptable and just curious mm-hmm. about life and so on.
1: Um, I saw your uh, podcast. Is, is it called Self-Developed Life? Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Self-Developed Life. It's on YouTube as well. People just, I'm the only Quentin Carlin online, so I'm easy to find <laughs> convenience nice. if you just, you know, maybe add me on Instagram or something the links in my bio there, but yeah, yeah. I run a podcast. that has been really fulfilling where I interview a lot of kind of other people that are either um, living interesting lifestyles or running interesting businesses and, into personal and professional development. So yeah, it's it's
1: fun. So I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier about being self-taught and investing in yourself after college is, I I mean, I I look back on three years that I spent just going to conference after conference, after conference, to learn, to learn, to learn, to learn. And I spent like 30 to $40,000 at the end of it all. And my family thought I was crazy. My friends did, but the people I met and the things that I learned, there were things that I could never learn in a, in a general like high school or college forum, And like for me that was the greatest investment i've ever made and and you talked a lot about you doing the same thing but i mean what gave you the drive to do that because that scares most people to to throw that kind of money towards people say just learning and i'm like learning is everything to me you know so what's your take on that and and what gave you the the knowledge to that you could do this and that that was an important thing to do for your life
2: well, because I didn't want to be a slave to the rat race. So I wanted to do whatever it took to get me out of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I paid $13,000 to go to a conference in Rome, Italy for a week. I paid $8,000 to go to an event in Cancun, Mexico. I've done 10-day silent med- meditation retreats uh, three times in different wow. countries. So like just 10 days, no talking. That's like the ultimate you know, challenge. Um, I, I, You know, I've done countless masterminds and and just like you said investing in yourself and there's like a confidence that comes with that too because you know when you are in in a place of filling your cup up you just know that whatever happens you're going to be okay because you can figure it out because you've Mm -hmm. gone through scenarios where you've just learned from the best in the world first of all Mm-hmm. where you can go to these events like you mentioned and, and just kind of get the information that they're not teaching anywhere else. And, you know, people, people who pay, pay attention. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's important when you do invest in something, you're going to take it seriously. Whereas yeah. something that's free, you know, pe- kids go there and they, they skip school, right? They just mm-hmm. they don't really take it seriously. They're like, oh, I'm going to ditch this class or whatever. I, I was guilty of that too because it was free. I didn't take it seriously. Where I yeah. go to college or university, you know, things change a bit because you're going in debt or you're paying for all these expensive classes of, of your major. But the problem with that is, I'll tell you, especially I, I really want the younger folks to listen to this that are in high school, um, because I tell this to these members that, that come in, uh, that I talked about earlier, I said, you know, you've got really two two options. A, which most people do, they, they, do, um, they do 40 hours a week, uh, well, first of all, they, they go to school, they go, they go about forty or or $100,000 in debt to go to a university for four years to get a piece of paper, and then they come out of that, and then they 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 get a job working for a company for the next 40 years of their life, 40 hours a week, making on average about $40,000 a year, right?
3: Mm-hmm. That's kind
2: of like the 40-40-40 plan that just most people in our society do, um, but now with the internet and with all these other ways to learn and, and opportunities to start businesses or, or investing and so on, you know, you could do an online course for a couple hundred bucks to learn Facebook ads, or you can get coached or mentored by someone that has a business that you want to go to an event or, or a conference for a couple thousand dollars and learn from people that have the results that you want and the lifestyle that you want. And then you could just kind of do some self-learning for a couple of years. And then after that, um, there's no limit on what you can do and create, right? Because you have the skill sets from someone that has the results that you want. Totally. We do
1: have a commercial break coming up in a few minutes, but before, uh, after the commercial break, I really want to talk about you being a digital entrepreneur, crypto, investing, all that kind of stuff. But I'd like to go back to what you said about your TEDx talk when you did a speech. What was that experience like? Because that's... um, you know, that's, that's a pretty unique experience and it's scary for some people, but what, what was that like for you?
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I actually had two, I did the first one. It was short because I was actually got um, contacted last minute because somebody dropped out last minute. So I had to like put together like a short one. So my first one was quite short and I was talking about like world travel and the cultures and countries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was an amazing experience. I was super nervous, but it went really well. Well, enough that they invited me back to do a second one that was going to be the full 20 minutes. Um, unfortunately, after six months of working my ass off, just memorizing a 20 minute script, <laughs> constant back and forth, um, it actually didn't happen uh, mm-hmm. because of COVID. And then they wanted me to change different things. And it was in Korea, it was in Asia. So there's a bunch of other things. But yeah, and then I actually got hired by a company. I worked with them for about just under a year where I actually helped. Uh, people that are authors and so on get TEDx talks. So it's a company based out of San Diego I worked with that helps people land TED talks and get their message out. So I actually was on the other side of things booking TEDx speakers. So that was kind of a good experience too. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, I'm gonna let us have let us and our listeners have a couple minute break and then we'll come back and we'll get into some of the cool things that you're doing online.
2: Sounds good. Cool.
1: Everybody, will be right back.
0: The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast, all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. We're excited to be here with Quentin Carlin because he has a lot to talk about. Not only has he traveled the world and started... And invested in many different businesses and done some really cool things. Um, he's also into some things that are really popular right now and that we're just starting to learn about in terms of like crypto trading, Bitcoin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I will in the bio have all the links to check out his podcast, uh, to check out his business training, his YouTube channel, his Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, etc. Even to watch his TED talk. Um, but Quentin, tell us all about uh, Bitcoin and how you got into digital currency investing and and where that started for
2: you? It started back at the end of 2016 when I was in the Philippines. Uh, I was actually playing professional basketball on an island called Shurgo Island. Uh, And there was, I mean, for me, I love surfing and basketball. And I just saw this island have incredible potential so much so I looked at investing in land and real estate there. And the mayor of the island was actually the owner of the basketball team I was playing for. And I said, hey, like, what do I need to do to, to kind of invest to, to purchase some land here? Cause I'm like, this is going to be the next Bali. And um, long story short, I found uh, a piece of land right on the beach. I'm like, this is perfect right in front of like one of the best surf bricks in the world. And I bought it. And then when I had to go ahead and move a large chunk of money from Canada to the Philippines, there's all these fees and just like, I, I needed to close on it like immediately. And it was going to take like a week or something. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And then there's this other real estate investor there. And he's like, why don't you just send it through Bitcoin? And I was like, I'm going to take you for dinner. And I want you to tell me everything you know about Bitcoin. Because I've been wanting to buy this like for years. I've heard about it, but I just never really knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and interesting, you mentioned my podcast. He was like, I think, interview number two on my podcast. I interviewed that whole, uh, that whole conversation. And, and it was like one of the first episodes. So if people want to check nice. that out. Um, But yeah, so I I learned all about it and I'm like, this just makes sense. And it wasn't so much even from like an investment portfolio, but just like, hey, I have a problem to send a bunch of money. This is Mm going to be done. Like, for example, I was going to pay hundreds, if not a thousand dollars or something in like fees, like just, just Mm -hmm. currency conversion, all that stuff, banking fees and stuff for like a large purchase. And then in Bitcoin, it was co- It was going to cost me eight dollars, and it was going to take thirty minutes. Hmm. And I was like, "Huh, this is <laughs> this is big. This is this is different, and this could be very revolutionary in the finance system." And uh, at the time, Bitcoin was like under, I think it was around under two thousand um, dollars, and Ethereum was only fourteen dollars. Fast forward oh. now, Bitcoin. Amer- or Canadian, it hit like $70,000 or something this month mm-hmm. and Ethereum's over $2,000. So that's pretty life-changing. And yeah. the, the regret that I have was the guy said, don't buy the land, put all that money into crypto instead. And uh, <laughs> my, li- my life would be looking pretty different if I did that. <laughs> but uh, but I still, I still put a significant chunk uh, into it back then mm. that has done extremely well. um, And that's kind of how I got introduced to it.
1: Very cool. And do you still have that property?
2: I do. Yeah. It's just a big beach, empty lot in the Philippines that I got to figure out what I'm going to do with.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Well, if you need somebody to build something, I'm good with construction. So I'm happy to live there for six months and build you a bungalow or seven if you need me to. <laughs>
2: yeah, No, no, that that's cool. Because the one thing that I, I've got, I, I haven't released this episode yet, but I, I talked with a, a guy that talked about how to invest in foreign lands, right? Like a lot of people buy properties in Mexico, Philippines, Thailand, things like that. So I just, I just think that that's going to be a really big opportunity now. Um, It always has been, but now with COVID and stuff, like people looking to possibly move elsewhere and so on. So like, Mm -hmm. it's just cool that I, I'm glad that I did it just to have it. If I ever do need to go off the grid for whatever reason. Right. So.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So how much do you play in crypto these days?
2: I mean, I was a crypto addict for basically (laughs) all of 2017. I was just like, just an addict learning everything I could about it. I wrote a 300 page book about it that I actually never published because right when I was about to, I was going to put together like a video course program, a whole training program around it. And then 2018, the entire market just crashed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of like, you know, put that on hold, but no, I was very, very involved. I was actually an advisor for an uh, ICO company. I went down to San Francisco. I flew from Asia to San Francisco uh, to attend a blockchain conference back in 2017. And we we're going to be launching our ICO. And then everything just got wiped out after the whole market just kind of crashed. So yeah, mm. I, people watching or listening, um, you know, don't invest more than you can afford to lose is kind of like the, uh, the uh, preface. But I think that you can get some incredible gains because this still is such a new space. And the thing is that I would also say is that I made a big mistake that I went off and started investing on in all these different coins. There's thousands of them. Um, but if I would have just kept everything in just Bitcoin and Ethereum, like the higher cap coins, instead of doing all these other kind of um, options,
3: mm-hmm.
2: it would have been a smarter move. But mm. I mean, people get greedy. They see all these new uh, cryptos go like, you know, 100x or whatever, and then they're just a lot of them are pump and dumps as well. So you just got to be careful with it. Just, just I mean, the, the, the thing that I tell people starting out, just buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, maybe a couple other ones, and then just hold them. Unless mm-hmm. you want to do day trading, but that's like a full-time skill set to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all. I used to do that. Now I just kind of, I'm a long-term investor and holder.
1: Are you, is it for, for young people that are just wanting to learn about this, are there any mentors that you currently follow that are in the crypto space that you think are, you know, worth yeah. them maybe checking out on social media?
2: Yeah, yeah. One of my friends, um, his name's Omar, and he's got a big YouTube channel, probably the biggest in the crypto space. It's just called Crypto. So mm-hmm. Crypto um, uh, the, with a zero at the end. Uh, his name's Omar. He's like the most legit out there. Uh, another guy is called Ivan on Tech. Ivan on Tech is, is really good. Um, he's got a big YouTube channel as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, if people want $10 of free Bitcoin, I've got a link in my, my bio I, I, I work with. I don't work with, but um, I'm a, a member of Coinbase. So they give like
3: mm-hmm.
2: a, a little um, bonus for We're new members.
1: Referral code, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I would do. Coinbase just went public. They did their IPO this week. Uh, and that went really well. So they're like the, the biggest kind of crypto bank, if you will, exchange where you, you can buy and sell. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting space for sure. And I think that this is just kind of the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because we're we're up here in Canada, right? And there's so many of the different apps that, like, Questrade, for example, it's like a little bit different than like something like Well Simple, for example, where you can get on there easier as a Canadian. And then Questrade, I think you have to put like a minimum of thousand. And yeah. there's a few other like Robinhood and all that that you in Canada we don't have access to it. So it's very interesting just learning as a Canadian because most of my mentors for this space are, are in the States and they're like, Oh yeah, Brandy, just research this and do this. And I'm like, ah, that's not available in Canada. So it's very interesting to learn. I am wondering if there's somebody that's like the Canadian guy to go to, to learn about this.
2: Um, well, yeah, I, I can relate because I, I actually wasn't even a Canadian resident for the last 10 years. Hence mm-hmm. me looking at alternative investment opportunities, like the land in the Philippines and crypto, because I couldn't really do regular stocks in Canada mm-hmm. because I wasn't living here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Coinbase, that's a Canadian company, you know, you can, you can, uh, or not a Canadian company, but, but they did, they do take on Canadian clients, um, and members so that I would, I would recommend starting there and then Binance is like the other one for like the more altcoins and so on,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, which, which is the big one. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a fantastic ride and, uh, we'll see where things go from here.
1: That's cool. Um, talk to me about yeah. You you've you talked a little bit about in your bio about uh, Airbnb short term property rentals. Like you right. got some real estate in the Philippines. What what got you more in that space? Have you always just been Airbnb in your place out and then went hmm maybe I can do more properties or where'd that. Yeah. start?
2: yeah. So that started I um here in Vancouver actually because I've got a condo downtown that uh I I was just renting out um the whole time I was gone. Uh, and then also when I was living in Asia, I would have a a home base where I would just kind of like live. Uh, but when I wasn't there and when I was traveling, I would just put that on Airbnb. So for example, I had a place right on the beach in, in a city called Busan, Korea. And then I would go to Bali for like two months for the winter. And then I would just rent that place out in Bali while I was gone. And that rental pretty much paid for my entire vacation. So like, there's just all these things people can do to kind of think creative, to kind of cover costs, right? Like I'm all about covering costs. I like, just like, for example, when I first moved back to Vancouver, not knowing what I was going to really do here uh, last summer, I used to run a, a surf camp in Tofino like, that I mentioned earlier. And I, I bought some paddle boards and I just ran some ads for them and started renting them out. Um, nice. A, because I wanted to go paddle boarding and get them for free. And B, it's a nice, you know, side income stream. That's, I live right on the beach here, downtown. People just come pick it up and take them out. And it's just, it's just a simple business. So I'm just always looking for ways to kind of, um, uh, just monetize what you
1: love. It's <laughs> uh, yeah, just,
2: just, just, there's always opportunities, you know, there's always mm-hmm. opportunities. So I, I would just always be renting places out anytime I would take trips. Um, and, uh, I think that that's, that's a great way to do it. Even people who have, you know, that, might live in a, in a house or something, maybe you just want to rent out your basement suite. Like I told my parents about it. They never did it, but I'm like, man, you could be renting out your basement suite, um, either on Airbnb or just get a, a renter down there and make an extra, you know, thousand bucks a month, couple thousand a month, whatever.
1: Totally. Yeah. In our, in our program, more in high schools and coaching teams, it's like, I just say to them, like, what do you love? Where can you sell it? Do you enjoy making it? All that, like, it's it's really crazy that there's there's money to be made in so many different places. And I mean, I, I when I went to Europe a couple of years back, I rented out my apartment for twice what I paid rent in it. So I covered four months of rent in two months and had yeah. extra money for traveling. And people just were like, what, you did that? And I'm like, yeah, why would I not? Why would I leave it sitting there empty when I can...
2: that's exactly exactly it it's just little things like that you know and Mm -hmm. and even like these new apps like Turo Turo is like a car rental Airbnb like if you have a car you can put your car on Turo when you're not using it someone else can come and drive it and they're fully insured um that that's a that's a pretty big um deal like I know some guys that that's that's their whole business they bought five cars and they just rent out five cars like that's all they do. you know so there's all these different ways to kind of be creative and think outside the box totally Um, so so yeah I mean for if, if, you, if you're young out there and you, you don't really want to do the typical nine to five thing, just always be looking around for solving problems, right? Just solving problems is what is the baseline of all business, you know, mm-hmm. just, just figure out how you can help people solve their problems. And then you're going to help yourself in that process.
1: Is it difficult in your opinion to be an entrepreneur?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. That's why very few people do it and very few people succeed in it. Mm. Um, but the thing is, is that there's like that saying that says, you know, you're going to sacrifice now so you don't have to sacrifice later. Mm-hmm. My, my perspective is, is like, you know, y- you want to work now so you don't have to work later. And, and, uh, especially with the internet, for all these young listeners, if you can learn these skill sets like digital advertising, building funnels, building websites, um, that's, that's where, because with, with the whole economy now, it's a digital economy. Like if you can learn how to grow Instagram pages for people, uh, set up podcasts for people, that can be your full-time business right there. I and mean, like you talked
1: right. about, about helping place people for TEDx. That's pretty cool. You get to meet some amazing human beings and get to make money while doing that kind of stuff. So I, I love that. I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that as a career option or an opportunity to make money while networking.
2: Well, that, that's that's a million-dollar business my buddy started. Um, it's called The Thought uh, – He just renamed it to something else. It used to be called Thought Leaders. And, um, and yeah, yeah, it was all virtually. Our team was 100% virtual. And, uh, yeah, it was just an amazing program that they offered coaching people how to land TEDx deals and, uh, and grow their personal brands and get – speaking engagements out of it and, uh, get published and get books done, uh, contracts and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, there's just so many ideas out there that you can kind of just start up and, and run with.
1: Totally. I mean, when I talk to young people, I think a lot of them are afraid to do something that puts a little bit of risk on them. I know you coach a lot of people. Do you coach in that space of like how to get over the fear of, you know, taking that first step in a path that's unknown and and just the excitement that may come and and the profit that may come from you taking that step that's a little bit scary at the beginning?
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing that I love about Gary Vaynerchuk if people don't know him just search him. he's a massive influencer in the space and he just says that you're so young he's like you young kids out there you're so young you could fail for 50 if you're 20 years old right now you could literally fail for 15 years until you're 35 and then start your business and career like like literally there's just life is so long like Warren Buffett made I think like 90% of his wealth after he was like 60 years old or something like that. Yeah. So, like, I mean, now everyone wants it now because like we're programmed through social media and just like technology, to just instant gratification. But mm-hmm. if you really step back and say, hey, I'm going to dedicate 10, 15 years to learning all this stuff, then that's the mindset to have long-term, right? Just just look at this as long-term and um, nothing out there. If it's get rich quick, it's not, it's not legit.
3: For
2: the mm. most part, right? Um, even people who invest in Bitcoin that are, are doing really well right now, they were probably waiting for years. You know what I mean? It's it's for the most part, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. What what um what other kind of coaching do you offer? Like, what are your what are your areas that you really enjoy coaching people on and consulting
2: on? Well, you know, this might be the most important thing that people can hear. Um, turning your mess into your message. Okay. So I'm going to get really real here for, for folks because it's something that they don't really talk about much in, in, uh, in school that, that they should earlier. If you were listening, I said, when I was 22, I had to change the direction of my life was because my girlfriend got pregnant. Okay. So it wasn't expected. It was just something that was obviously a surprise, but after we broke up um, I was in court. And one of the motivating factors for me to go through learning all these skill sets. it was because I needed money to help support myself and, and my young family, my, my, my son. Um, and, and that process of going through this whole intense life lesson situation at such a young age, like 22 years old, um, really accelerated my whole learning curve and made me take life seriously because I've got a life to support.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it was kind of a blessing in disguise actually, but to answer that question, the thing that I'm going to be, transitioning to, I see long-term with my, my passion project business that I haven't even really got off off the ground yet, besides working with some individuals that I know personally is helping people put together like parenting plans in case of like a divorce or separation. That's only 20% or over Mm. 50%. This is, this is actually what my my second TEDx talk was about um, that got canceled because they said it was too real, too raw, too dark (laughs) and and too honest is exactly what they said. They said, you need to change all this. And I said, well, this is what's going on in life. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> to change, not going to change it. And then they canceled me like right before it. I was heartbroken. Uh, Maybe you should start
1: the raw series on YouTube where it's R-A-W and you got to find acro- like an acronym for that, like Ted and just yeah. have it be real people. Cause I can get in there with some of my, my friends and colleagues and people I've worked with and we can we can not hold anything back. And that's kind of what this radio show is for me too. I'm just like, people are like, can I swear? Can I say this? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'd appreciate if you tried not to swear because we are talking to young people, but I also don't want us to, you know, be shy about being real humans because our kids need to know that because otherwise they're looking at all these mentors that are supposedly perfect in their eyes and thinking, Oh, unless I am that I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? And that's such BS, you know, we're all human. We all have these raw moments that we've been through and we need to share that with each other so that everybody knows that, you know, you're okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, a hundred percent. And, and I mean, I was in a really dark place for quite a while going through all that, right? Like basically in court dealing with lawyers trying to fight for my being a part of my son's life and, and all that stuff. And just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And now I went through that at a very young age, right? Very young age. And now I'm seeing all my, not all, but a lot of my friends are now going through what I went through 15 years ago uh, with them getting divorced, going through these custody scenarios. So I'm going to be putting together a program where I kind of help, folks avoid the whole court system and do more Mm -hmm. mediation and conflict resolution which was actually like what my degree was in um counseling ironically which i took even before all this happened so that's kind of what my long-term goal is that i'm just now taking a close look at to getting that set up that i'll be working with people but for those kids out there just be really careful who you get into a relationship with because if you do date or marry the wrong person the most expensive lesson that you'll ever have to go through in life is marrying the wrong person because they can just really make things very, very, very difficult. So, I mean, I mean, now that you're in relationships, everything is good and you know, you think it's going to last forever, but if it doesn't, it can get very, very messy. So just uh, a warning out there for (laughs) just being careful and uh, making sure that um, you don't end up in a situation you, you weren't planning on. Totally.
1: Um, You've covered so many great topics throughout this whole thing. And I get, I, I think you kind of talked a little bit about this before about like the 40, 40, 40, and then going to college and then getting that job and then the retirement and all that. But in your opinion, is there an order of correctness in which we should try to live our lives in terms of like turning the message into the message? Is it is it the college thing? Is it world travel first? Is it becoming an entrepreneur and failing 100 times before you succeed? Is there an order that you think works for everybody or is it just kind of all over the place?
2: Well, well, he, here's what I did. Like after that whole disaster happened, I went to Asia to go. I had a contract to go work at a university to teach English. And that was great for two reasons. It was good money. Um, I could save a lot get myself back on my feet after that whole um, scenario. And then also gave me time to start building other things. So mm-hmm. I think what is really good to do, in my opinion, is to find a stable income stream for yourself. That could be a job uh, and then start building something on the side that you really want. Cause mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of start something up if you don't really have the funds or like the stability, especially if you're wanting to like, you know, get your own place or um, support a family. But, you know, multiple income streams is something that you can look into to uh, dabble with and kind of build on the side, like as side hustles, while you've got your basic bills covered from whatever your day job is, something like that. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that kind of makes sense for a lot of people.
1: So while you're being a podcast host, doing TEDx talks, traveling the world, teaching at universities, learning about being a digital entrepreneur, delving into crypto, surfing, snowboarding... <laughs> what? Yeah. Where are the moments that you take just you know for reflection? What? When do you pause? Are there things that you love to do that nobody like you know you take completely away from the life that you have?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. So for me, my grounding day is Sunday. So I'm I'm Catholic, Christian. um I go to church every Sunday, and that's kind of my day. I unplug. So Sundays for me, there's no business that's done. Kind of keep that as uh as simple and and stress-free as possible. And just kind of Sundays are my day to kind of really regroup and recharge. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's really been big. And and even as well, like just when all these chaos of of just everyday life happens, it's good to have like a meditation practice or like a prayer practice or just nature to go out and kind of have that grounding. Um, You know, because you said that you've done a lot of episodes about mental health. I think that's really important for kids because I, I couldn't I can't even begin to understand what it's like being a teen right now with Mm -hmm. social media. Like, I mean, geez, it's wow. I can't even imagine. So just, just take care of yourselves. And um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the important thing to find for you. What, what is grounding and and supportive. Uh, So that's, that's what I would say. Cool. I love that.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) it's somebody had explained to me about like what grounded means. And and I literally like had to do some like anxiety. had an anxiety coach that I worked with and I was like teach me how to ground myself because I'm one of those people I think similar to you in terms of our a-type where we're going all the time yeah. and sometimes you have to really like I'm going to pause right now and it's and to ground yourself and it's such a and one of my girlfriends she's like just just take your shoes off put your feet in the sand or put your feet in the grass or whatever, and just like feel your connection to the earth and all that. And people say, oh, that's hippy dippy and all that. But sometimes when you're so in your head and in your heart and the anxiety is going wild because you got so much going on feeling that just being a part of the, the tangible knock on wood, this is the earth. It's not moving anywhere. It's greater than I am. And I will be okay. <laughs> like There's so many little things that we have to learn about and we're not taught as yeah. young people as well. So I'm glad you said that.
2: Yeah, no, 100%. And just just remember that nothing is really the end of the world. You know, you might feel that like a breakup is the end of the world or failing a test or not getting into the college or university you want to the end of the world. Everything happens for a reason. And just kind of believe that there's a specific plan for your life. As I said earlier, you know, the one way to make God laugh is to make your own plans. Just, <laughs> just, just really believe that everything that happens is for your best interest. And uh, I think that'll take a lot of the pressure off as well.
1: Totally. Um, I'm going to share your social media and everything so people can learn more about you and follow you and learn from you as well uh, in the bio. But we have about a minute and a half left. What is the one message that if you had, if the whole world had to sit down, shut up and listen to you, give them your most honest piece of advice, what what would that be?
2: Well, that that's a powerful question. I would say that all this stuff that people strive for, like success and finances and you know, new cars and houses and all that stuff. Uh, Lots of followers on whatever platforms and just perfect relationships. I mean, none of that stuff really matters. What really matters at the end of the day is just, just who you are as a person, how you feel about yourself, your relationship with the people closest to you around you, your friends, your family. And as a, you know, spiritual person myself, like what happens after this life? That's what I'm kind of focusing on now. Like my older age, like, you know, staying healthy, uh, is, is important and just really taking mm-hmm. care of yourself and just having that mindset that um, just do your best. And uh, I guess let God take care of the rest as the saying goes.
1: I love that. Thank you so much for being on our show, Quinton.
2: Uh, my pleasure. Anytime.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, the spelling of Quinton's name just in case is Q U I N T O N c-a-r-l-i-n and that's his instagram and we'll be posting all of the links to follow him and get in touch with him in the bio if you would like to learn more about quentin and self-developed life um thank you for being on the show again uh ladies and gentlemen believe in yourselves take chances educate have fun and we'll see you back here same time live at five next monday uh, on team health radio have a good week everyone